Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Good morning, Sinead. Hey, Chuck, how are you? Not too bad. How will they do? I'm good, I'm good. I've got a lovely cup of tea. I'm ready for uh, an entertaining film. Don't, don't ruin it for me. I won't. Don't worry. Don't let me down. I'm not going to. No pressure. You're going to love this. Okay. This is a great film. This is an 80s film. What's okay. not to I love? I mean, yeah, yeah. Love a bit of 80s. Cool, cool. Well, look, I'm just going to fire straight into the clues because I think this classic, when you when you hear the clues, you'll be like, okay. And then when I tell you the title, I think you're going to be like, smashed it, big man. Smashed it. <laughs> Very much doubt I'm going to say smashed it, big man. But come on, I love, I love a few clues. Okay, let's do it. First clue. Mm. This film stars Matthew Broderick and mm. Ali Sheedy. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh. I've got a vague picture in my head of who Ali Sheedy might be, but she kind of looks like a lot of 80s people in my mind. Ali Sheedy? Yeah. Gothic girl from uh, Breakfast from Club? From Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that is that the whole first clue? Because you have a tendency to do the first clue in two parts. <laughs> So just checking that that's the entirety of the first clue. That is the entirety of the first clue. Broderick Sheedy, next yep. clue. The original director, Martin mm. Brest, was replaced after two weeks of filming. Oh, oh, poor Martin. Replaced by the studio. Oh, do we know why? Yes, we do, but it might give too much away. Okay, next. So you can look that up. Oh, I'll check that, yeah, okay, facts. third clue. Third and final clue, and this one might throw you a bit of a curveball. It had three Academy Award nominations. For best original screenplay, best sound, and best cinematography. That's completely, completely thrown me. Academy Awards, did you say? Yeah, nominations though. Not yeah, winning. yeah, yeah, but nominations. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know what I was going to say, but yeah. the Academy Awards thing now has thrown me. Go on. Are we going to watch War Games? Yes, we are. That was nominated for Academy Awards. Apparently so. Three. Okay. All I know is Matthew Broderick sits in front of a computer. Yep. Yeah, is that the film? Yep, that's, that's the whole it. film. And Ali Sheedy says hi occasionally. Oh, okay. I mean, this sounds gripping. No, what are you talking about? It's a young hacker who's, you know, one of these 80s hackers where everything's green screen and and he logs in to a game or he thinks it's a game, but actually, yeah, actually it's- nearly launches World War Three. Thermonuclear war. Oh, oh, well, lots of um, interesting topics there to pull out in 2022, I feel. Isn't there? Yeah, I think so. Are we going to get some BBC computers? I think BBC highly unlikely, but some of their screens. Yeah. I think, yeah. You know what I mean? I do know. I know for a fact, yes. I know there's a lot of flashing lights. Mm. You know, those sort of, in the 80s, how we thought the future and how the Pentagon looked, where it was just basically loads of flashing LED lights without knowing what the actual computer does. Because actually, if you filmed a computer, it's just a big black box, right? So you have to add lights to make it look cool. Well, I'm excited. I'm this excited to return film. to the 80s with you. I'm glad. Uh, I'm excited to go to the 80s with me. Okay. This is a great film. We're going to watch it now. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to decide this is the best film we've ever watched at Film Club. Oh, okay. I don't know why I'm calling it film <laughs> I'm obviously moonlighting for another podcast. Okay, let's go watch War Games. And we're back. We're back. We are back. Indeed, we're back. We are double back. We are fully back. We are back. We are back from 1983. We are. Which was... The year the 40 film years ago? Not oh quite. my God. 39, 39. 39. Ah, yeah, we're, tw- we're 2022. Yeah. Yes, Thanks, okay. Brian. That, that whole year has That's kind right. of saved me Don't from worry. falling into despair at the sight of what can only be described as a tiny, tiny, tiny young Matthew Broderick. Yeah, well, we'll come on to that. Good we'll come on to Lord, that. I think the man's voice go, had even broken. Don't go jumping ahead of yourself now. Okay. So let's start with me just waiting for you to thank me for giving you an afternoon of sheer bloody entertainment. All I've got to say, Brian, is the only winning move is not to play. You're welcome. And I don't want to play anymore. 
Oh, okay. I'm out. All right. We're done. That's it. Over. Um, so let's start with the synopsis. Yes, let's. Remind me. Remind so, me of the classic that I've just uh, had the joy of watching. These things are all getting written down in notes, you know. <laughs> um, so let's go with the IMDb um, synopsis because it's more like a logline, but it's quite cool. Yeah, we love a bit of that. A young man finds a back door into a military central computer in which reality is confused with gameplay, possibly starting World War Three. How about that for drama? How about them apples? Well, that is what happens. I mean, if this boy hadn't been fiddling around with his keyboard to begin with, none of this would have kicked yeah. off. Oh, absolutely. We would have all just lived in blissful ignorance. All because he was trying to show off to a girl. I know. Well, isn't that teenage boys all over? How old was he meant to be? Like 17, 16, 17? Well, she said she was 17. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of, that was the bracket I was kind of putting them in. But he did look super young. Oh, he did. Yeah, he really did. Like, how? this was 83. When did he do Ferris Bueller? Like 86? But he's, he, I don't know. He just seemed to look a lot. I suppose that's three years difference. Well, I think four. I'm glad you spoke about old Matty. Yeah. Old Mr. Brodders. Yeah. MB, as I like to call him. Well, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you now he doesn't like being called that, <laughs> but that's fine. I suppose you'll never meet him. Well, he doesn't mind when um, I do it. Oh, really? <laughs> no, because he's always been very adamant with me. Anyway, um, I'd like to bring up my first point about this film. Oh, we're going straight to Matthew as your first point. He is. Okay, go on. I think he's a legend. A legend? I think old Matthew Broderick is an absolute bloody legend. If you look at an American 80s kid. Yeah, that's the kid you think. That is the kid you would always think. Well, I would actually disagree with that. I think he's up. Oh, that would make a nice change. I think he's up there in the top five. Well, who else? Top of the top of the pops. Yeah, go on. Michael J. Dun, Fox. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Michael J. Fox all day long. Michael J. Fox. American classic American eighties no, kid. No, 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 no. MJ Michael no. J. Fox. One hundred percent. Fox is a hundred percent typical eighties Canadian kid. Oh, don't get I'll, all flipping Canadian American on me. I've done it. I'm there. Could Michael J. Fox have played Ferris Bueller? Absolutely not. Absolutely. No. 100%. No. Yeah. No. I Listen, don't make me sit you down and watch every single season of Family Ties to oh, just discuss God. Let it go. how all-American that boy is. No, he's not. He's all Canadian. Anyway, I'm that's done. got nothing to do with war games. Well, Matthew Broderick did, but apparently you don't want to discuss that. You want to talk about four other people. Well, come on then. Who weren't in the film. Come on, name me another three. <laughs> Let's do it. Who else? What is it? Is in your top five? Come on. Top five. Well, I don't like. I don't have that off the top of my head. I'm just saying. So you can't put me in the top five. I'm he's saying Broderick officially... would be in the top five. Yeah, but he's just been promoted to the top two. Oh you can't my give the other god! Three. You're so infuriating. Well, I'm not. Okay, continue. Broderick, perfect American teen for well, this yeah. era. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant, but you know, I got that shot down. So no, that's the end of the podcast. That's not true. I did think he was great. He's absolutely brilliant in this. He has got that cocky edge. The line to the teacher, I want to remember that. I would love to have that class so I could deliver that line. Ah, uh, yeah. So he said, what does he say? He says... Um, Who was the first person uh, that suggested reproduction? Without sex. Yeah. Your wife. I mean... Awesome. <laughs> I think you're a little bit too impressed by that joke. To be honest. Granted, I, I didn't expect that. Um, um, yeah. Apparently, fact... Ding, 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 ding. Um, the crew, oh, good. The crew when they were filming, yeah, the crew didn't know that was the punchline. All right. So they all sort of laughed out loud. And I, I don't know, I didn't notice, but apparently if you watch that scene, you can hear like all these adult uh, voices laughing because they didn't cut out oh, wow, the actual okay. crew reaction of people laughing to the punchline. Oh, well, that's cool. I, I didn't know that. Now you want to go back and just check that scene. Yeah, again. I do. But um, yeah, I just thought, I thought he was absolutely amazing. I thought um, he's just got that look. He is an 80s kid. Like, I think mm. if I think about any other role, probably with the exception of Back to the Future, to be fair to mm. you, mm. I can imagine playing it. If you thought about Weird Science, he could have been one of those kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've run out of all other films. Breakfast Club. <laughs> Breakfast Club. Adventures he could and have babysitting. Done. Yeah, he could have been 
Yeah, he couldn't have played her role. In <laughs> no, but like he could. Play he could have been the annoying friend. He could have been the annoying. Which one? The, the, you can't the just really stop. annoying one. Girls. The annoying, the really annoying. I was trying to. I thought you were going to finish my sentence. For no, me. I don't. Know what you normally name. do. Well, with. Spiky today, isn't it? I agree with you. I think Broderick was great in this. But I did think... So one of my points um, is sort of similar in the fact that Broderick did a great job. I just found the relationship with Ali Sheedy a bit odd. Why? Well, they didn't seem to be kind of friends at all. Then they had one shared gag in the classroom. Then all of a sudden she's given him a lift home on a on a scooter or bike or whatever it was. She's she's hanging out uh, with him. She's they they went from like here we go basically hardly knowing each other to no. So you basically want to turn it into a girl film, dear, where we have to talk about the background of their relationship <laughs> for twenty minutes and and how they became entangled in each other's lives. Because that happens when you're sixteen. That's why you used to like Dawson's Creek so bloody much, wasn't away. it? Had to listen to some 15-year-old <laughs> talking about his 35-year-old problems. No. Okay. They had a chat in class. She clearly knew him before he got in class. She was a troublemaker. He was a troublemaker. Mm. He made a crack. She found it funny. Then later on, she saw him outside. And he said something nice, so she offered him a lift home. She actually fell out with him. I mean, that's exactly how teenagers go on, Sinead. I know you want it to be little women, but it's not. Done. Over. Stop ruining my brilliant film. I am livid. I am absolutely livid. I know I'm smiling, but I am livid. I have given you a classic, an 80s classic, with one of the best actors from the 80s. And so far you've said, he's shit, the film's shit, the relationship is shit, and we're only about 10 minutes in. Okay. I don't like you. This is getting written down. (laughs) You don't like... Sorry, excuse me a minute. You don't like the cut of my jib. Okay, now that the steam is kind of slightly settling out of your ears, I didn't say any of that. So when you listen back to this, you'll realise that you've completely overreacted and I did not criticise anything that you just claim I did. On a more positive note... Oh, no. <laughs> You're in a very argumentative mood. Let me give you some facts and then that'll, that'll boost <sighs> us back up again. Great. Yeah. This film... Yeah. ...was received exceptionally well. It was. Um, I know. On a budget of 12 me- million... It grossed 125 million worldwide. Not bad. Absolutely amazing. And it was critically really well received as well. I mean, you mentioned earlier about it being nominated for three Oscars. Three Oscars? I know. Three Oscars. I know. It didn't win any of them. No, but it doesn't matter. I've Um, never been nominated for an Oscar. But it was nominated for Best Cinematography, Sound and um, Original Screenplay. I know, I said all that in the initial intro. Well, I just felt it was worth reiterating. <laughs> people so, might people might have just razzed through that bit, so they might need to know. Now, so that's true. Um, and um, a handful of BAFTAs, Saturn Award. It was it, this thing was nominated. Roger Ebert said it was an amazingly entertaining thriller because it was. It was good, but it it. <sighs> Did you not get a little bit bored at certain points? No. I know you did, staring out of the window at the weird guy who's delivering tarmac or something. Listen, I got distracted because there was a lorry that was making a lot of noise and there was tarmac coming How out of the back of it. How could you be distracted? This was a... Ah. Oh. Do you know what? Yeah. I think this probably will be the last podcast because I think we've found all the reasons to dump you. Well, I... I can Okay, so can we can we move on? I would like to talk about his parents because this is a big positive for me. Okay. Did you not love his parents? Oh. We needed more of them. No. Oh, we did. Oh, my God. You would have turned this into such a rubbish film. Oh, my God. If any men listen to this podcast, please just show me some support. I never normally pull the whole bloody gender thing, but my God, Sinead, why are you trying to ruin a great thriller? I don't think this has got anything. Focusing on the parents. They were good. They were good bit part characters. That's all they were was bit part characters this is the angriest you've been well because you want to talk about oh the scene with the parents or oh let's uh, talk about the background of the relationship no I thought they were great comic relief is my point that bit with the corn what was that all about I read something about that I read something about that yeah do you think we read the same thing about that so dad has got corn on the cob and he slathers a piece of bread in butter and then rubs his corn around it. Which, Sounds disgusting. Which, by the way, I thought was an incredibly intelligent way to butter your corn. 
Well, you must have seen that before. No. Have you not? No, I haven't, genuinely. Oh, okay. I'd be there with a knife just trying to, like, you know, rub it in. I thought it was it was great. Okay. What did you read about it? Let's see if it's the same. Something about... Well, I didn't read the full thing. Just it's something about Nazis, though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Nazis. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I believe that... I think one of the writers had seen or worked on a documentary about neo-Nazis. Right. Um, and one of them in the film, this was how they buttered their corn. Right, okay. So he, he just worked it in. Wow. To I mean, the film. I mean, why? I'm not sure. I don't know. But I, I loved that moment. I thought, what the hell is this? What? Why? No reason. At least it proves you hadn't seen it before. It really made me smile. I really liked it. And I just thought the parents were just very... I would I would have liked those parents. They They equipped his bedroom to, like, the state-of-the-art tech paradise that it was i mean but how much money were they spending on him i have to say though every teenager in america got that that's why we all wanted to be teenagers in america in the 80s and they also all did have ensuite bathrooms did you not see weird science weird science ensuite bathroom computer that could make a woman yeah but he had an immense house didn't he that was like next level no i know but mm. like at least this was like somewhat well it wasn't that well normal. not for the uk but no. like maybe we're led to, yeah um yeah, I, I just loved it. I'd have loved a little bit more like comedy. I would have loved to have seen the FBI turn up and the parents deal with it and freaking out. We didn't get any of that. That would have been a good scene. Yeah, you're right. Maybe we could have had one scene in French. <laughs> that would have been great. Why not? Let's do it. Mm. So basically, my point about Matthew Broderick has been completely swept under the carpet. No, I agreed with you. Okay, so that was quick. So. <laughs> what else would you like to say about the brothers? Oh, no, but, like, come on. I mean, oh, he's just that great American kid of that generation. He could have been the walrus. <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. He was good. Yeah. He was good. You're, 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 act, you're sort of behaving as if it was he like... He even managed to act with Ali Sheedy. In fairness... Doing a great impression of a girl, but I thought more of a 15-year-old girl. You know when girls can't stop giggling? Yeah, I, yeah, I found her a little bit annoying, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but yeah her character. I think she played it slightly too young. Maybe 18 months. When I see her um, next week, I'll let her know. <laughs> let her know she played it slightly too Yeah, <laughs> she'll take it badly. She always does, but... Yeah, there was a lot of giggling going on. Yeah, there was. Um, but, you know, she was mature enough to buy him a plane ticket and turn up at the airport. Oh, yeah, no, that was good of her. And, yeah... That was quite funny, actually, because at this point, I had totally not noticed the hours at the top of the soft timer or the countdown or whopper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hadn't noticed the hour at the top. Right. So in my head... Yeah. And I quote, he had 27 minutes left. <laughs> he had to get the ferry. He managed to get it, go across to the island, meet the guy, have a chat with him, watch a film, and then he had 10 minutes left. You like, didn't see the hours. Oh, no, really, yeah. when he saw that. And then I went, oh, okay, brilliant. Still love it. So that was good. But the hours started at something like 52 or something. Like it started oh, really high. But I just totally missed it. Okay, talking about things that you did or didn't notice. Yeah. I'm going to take you right back to the beginning of the film. Okay. Right back. Okay. Um, so when we get um, the the sort of underground... Um, Michael Madsen, that's his name. Michael Madsen. There you go. There was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of pe- like recognisable people in this film. A hell of a Michael lot. Madsen. And I don't mean to be rude. I'm not I'm not saying he's not an attractive man for his age now. Yeah. But man, he was fit when he was younger, wasn't he? Ew. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Me liked me liked Michael. Okay, I can see. Um his his uh colleague. You liked him as well? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for an older man. Oh yeah. Um, his colleague was played by John Spencer, and I thought, God, he looks. Dad. He lo- <laughs> He looks familiar. Yeah. He you is. must have thought he looked familiar. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, been in quite a, a few things, but he was in The Rock. Another one. Oh of my your, God! Yeah, another he was. one of your favourites. Michael Madsen wasn't, unfortunately. Um, oh, unfortunately Four. not. Otherwise, we'd be watching that again. Um, no, what I was going to to say. Did you notice? Go on. Um, when they entered the bunker. Yeah. The, the, there was a sign on the wall as they went in and closed the door. Right. You obviously didn't notice it. It's, well, I don't know. Yet. Well, weird. Anyone urinating in this area will be discharged. <laughs> Why would people be wow. urinating in a corridor? It was just a corridor leading into a room. Couldn't get out. Uh, oh, you think the sign was for like once you got into the 
thing. I Surely there would be facilities in there. They were going in there for like 24 hours, weren't well, they? Well, one would hope, wouldn't one? Very random. I don't know. I didn't read all of the set design. <laughs> that was well, maybe down. next time you'll pay a bit well, more maybe attention. I, should. I thought it was a great start to the film, though. What an amazing start. Straight away, mm. right? You're watching War Games. Mm. It's supposed to be this Matthew Broderick thing. And these two guys turn up in a sandstorm mm. at what looks like Roswell. That was cool, yeah. Go down in this bunker, mm. go in. They're about to launch a nuclear missile and the man goes, I can't do it. Mm. I just can't do it. Mm. I mean, I was like, whoa. And then it cuts straight yeah. to the thing. It was like, wow. It was a great opening scene. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Totally in it. Straight away. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. So can we talk about tech and threat then? Absolutely we should. I mean, this is the crux of the whole film, isn't it? The t- I love the tech in this film. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean... I just love the general theme of it, you know, around all this sort of AI being used to cut out human frailty, but actually it's humanity that needs to cut out the AI. Listen. So it's very relevant. Very relevant. I've been warning people about this now for a while. Yeah. Have you? The robots will take over. They really have. They will. What did, what happened to us the other night when we We, were, when we were asleep in bed? Oh yeah. When, Mm -hmm. um, well, I don't even want to say it out loud when Alexa... <laughs> sorry if you're listening to this out loud when your speaker's at home. Alexa whispered, did you whisper something to me? <laughs> Absolutely Ew. creepy. See, really creepy. Do you see what I mean? She and got switched it, off yeah, straight away. Well, and it's been turned off at the wall because then this green light started going around. I said, why have you got a green light on? Because you have messages. Read me a message. You don't have any messages. <laughs> no. So don't argue with me. I can turn you off right now. You're not Whopper. Well, which is the war operation plan response. But this is the point. We were able to just pull out her plug. Why these people did not do this earlier with with the whopper, I don't know. They 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 did cover that. Well, well only right at the power. end. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But oh, what what did they say? If you cut, cut. off his power, he yeah. would see it as a act of war or something. Oh, right, like a, a sabotage, yeah. and therefore would cut to auxiliary power and do well, whatever. I mean, that's handy, isn't it? Really. Oh, yeah. Well, my point is, we all know that we shouldn't be entrusting so much to machines. And we certainly shouldn't, you know, be giving them the power of rationalising and trying to to figure things out for themselves. Don't let them learn, man. Do not let them learn. Most scary word in the English language. Yeah. Algorithm. Yeah. Hate it. I hate it. I really, really hate it. Well, that's because you've watched The uh, Social Dilemma or whatever it's called. And now you're completely paranoid about everything. Well, it's just scary because they they are learning. Computers are learning. Well, we knew this back in 1983. Matthew knew this back then. I know. And we've still got to this point. But then you still had to dial up. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, you did still have to dial up. And also people were using passwords like pencil. Can I just say... And Joshua. Yeah, can I just say... um, that was one thing that I thought was a little glitch in the writing. A little glitch in the Matrix. Earlier in the film, at the beginning of the film, he gets he's basically got a piece of call centre software. And Matthew. Matthew has mm. a piece of call centre software where he's calling every single number in a certain region. Correct, he does. Yeah. From his machine. Correct. Then later on when Whopper calls him, yeah. the head guy of Whopper goes, Machines don't call phones. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what... What what did he did do? But didn't that just show that he didn't really understand how powerful the machine was? No. Because the machine had done that. But, yeah, I know. But my point was... Yeah. If it was that far gone for a security council lead computer guy to say computers don't call machines, how does the kid in his bedroom do it? But then they do that with bugs and stuff now. I'd just like to back away. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm still angry from earlier, so I'm just <laughs> going to flip to that mode. I don't think um, accuracy is necessarily what we're going for in this film, is it? Although I do think that they... Well, I do think that they did um, involve quite a lot of techie people and I do think that they tried to get things kind of as accurate as possible. Oh, I feel a fact coming on. Well, no, not really a fact about that, but the fact that when they first started developing the idea for the film, it was going to be called The Genius... And it was inspired because um, they'd seen a documentary with Stephen Hawking's. Oh, okay. And about how, you know, somebody with such intellect could potentially, you know, re- resolve 
so many issues in the world but then yeah. but then perhaps not be able to let people know so he would need like a protege and a young person to come through okay um to actually kind of I'm good they didn't tell that story carry his work through and then that kind of yeah then they started looking into like hackers and all this kind of thing cool um yeah and then it and then it morphed into and it had that amazing 80s action film thing you know like when we went into the NORAD base. Yes. Top security, high top, security. High security, top security, where they have to wheel the one fence, chain link fence across to let you in. But anyway. And, and also they drive around in little yellow buggies like well, Fraggle Rock. Well, this is what I was going to say, right? First of all, clearly a soundstage. I love that. I miss that. Yeah. I miss things being real. But you want to live on a soundstage. I mean, that's... I'm going to come on to my next point. Oh, oh. Well, the reason I love this film, the reason I love films in this era, the reason, or half the reason anyway, is the nostalgia. Mm. I adore the nostalgia of this era. Agreed. Absolutely amazing. Because I've just listed a few things. Like, first of all, 80s America for a kid. Best thing in the world. Yeah. Best thing in the world. I mean, they were drinking big gulp fizzy pops, playing on arcade Well, I games. thought I thought you were going to... Like jump for joy when he came out of the Seven Eleven with his massive gulp, big gulp. drink. Yeah, big gulp, you right. looked, proper you looked chuffed. proper excited. Proper chuffed. Yeah. Earlier when he, they were getting like fries and coke, I thought, yeah, they were the good old days before we understood how much damage <laughs> fries and coke. How does. many calories is in a yeah. McDonald's? But you could just go into a place like that, yeah. you could have fries and a coke, and you could play on an arcade machine. Oh. Amazing, complete crap games, but you could do it. Mm. Then you'd have, like, the bedrooms in 80s America. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Everyone had a desk. Everyone had computers They all had up. telephones in their room as well. Yeah, telephones. I didn't have that in 2000. On I don't suite. have that now. I know. Amazing. Well, mobile, I suppose. Um, they had to dial in to computers. Mm. I remember doing that. Yeah. Yeah. used to make this lovely noise. Yeah. You know, floppy disks. Mm-hmm. Floppy disks. These floppy disks were massive, though. Yeah, but they were the original proper jobs in the uh, 80s. Oh, like far too young. Far too young to remember that, bro. Magazines. He was reading a magazine about computers and computer games. Do you remember when magazines were well, proper popular? Well, you can get that on your Kindle now, so you don't yeah, need to worry so about paper. No. Yeah, let's not kill the planet for that. Um, smoking. People could smoke. <laughs> they could go in. They would walk around their offices having a cigarette. Do it. The word punk. <laughs> punk. You never hear that. This kid's a punk. <laughs> Brilliant. Dictaphones. You've got a whole oh, I've list. Got a list. You've got a whole list. I've got list. a whole list. He had dictaphone. A yeah, dictaphone. I know. Do you remember those? I do, yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. I feel like I had one in the 90s. The fact that it's the analogue age with tapes and mm. batteries and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I put the cold caller software, but not every kid had that. <laughs> Dot matrix printers. Yes, I mean, with those perforated like edges. Yeah, mm. phenomenal. You get your prehistoric nerds. Prehistoric nerds? Yeah. What so does that these, mean? These were Steve Jobs before they became Steve Jobs. So uh, Steve Jobs, when he was 12 or 13, no one liked him, no one no. would have sex with him, no one no. thought he was cool. No. He was a nerd. Yeah. But actually, you know, deep down, when you looked in his eye, you're going to take over the planet. We had those in the 80s. Mm-hmm. They weren't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Libraries. People I mean, going, you, you know I'm a fan. And when I say that, having to make an effort to do the work yourself. He had to go to the library to research this thing. He had to look things up Micro via the card catalogue. And the card catalogue. You had a red light in the control room, unnecessarily. Well, that's obviously, you know, let's you We're going to go to DEFCON 3. Yeah. Red light starts yeah. going, Danger. Danger. Nah. <laughs> I mean, that's completely distracting for the people who work there. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Yeah, there was a picture of Reagan. Trust yeah. me. Well, I've heard a lot about that man since. Not a fan, but at the time, we all loved the fact that it was an, an actor on his president. Hitchhiking. <laughs> the kid hitchhiked halfway across America. No one touched him. No one raped him. There was no accusation or even thought about it. Phone booths. Oh, no. A phone booth. I know, yeah. What the phone booths now? They're a stand with a poster and a digital poster on it with a load of tramps sat at the bottom trying to charge their mobile phones. <laughs> Ring pulls. He found a ring pull on the floor. Do you I remember know. them? Dogs used to choke on them, babies and die on them. You don't get those anymore. They stay attached to the can. Safety Health first. and safety gone there. <laughs> and finally, K 
cash. <laughs> Cashy. I miss cash. You can't do anything anymore unless it's logged somewhere for your audit trail later. <laughs> I don't want to be auditable. I want to have cash. I want to have ring pulls. I want to be able to smoke indoors, even though I stopped smoking years ago. I want to be able to drink full fat Coke, eat fries and do all the things I could do in the 80s without worrying about my imminent death and not being good enough or someone putting it up on Instagram for the rest of the world to see. Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) This has been my pro 80s rant and I hope to see you next time when we discuss the 90s. Good night. And breathe. I'm so sorry, but this is such an exciting film for me. This is such an exciting era for me. I love this You stuff. are beyond excited. And I will back you up on the cash thing, because as we also realised, watching Peaky Blinders last night, a yes. little bit late to the uh, final season party, um, if we were being bribed by Tommy Shelby, yeah. we would want it in cash. We would not want... Exactly. Um, HSBC or Barclays or Lloyd's, whichever your preference is, to know that a vast amount of money had just gone into our account. Yeah. From the, the old, Peaky Blinders. The old school art of bribery mm. has died. Now yeah. it's only... <laughs> yeah. Now, God damn it. <laughs> the only people who can bribe people are the people who already have all the bloody money and the control of the bank system. So, great. Well done. I really feel like this has just transported you back to a oh, happier time. so good. That opening bit where Matthew Broderick was playing on that Space Invader game. Yeah. And they were having the coke cafe, and yeah. fries and yeah. it was just a plastic table mm. cafe with mm. kids in it. I never recall going to anywhere like that as a kid. I don't think that really existed in this country. No, no, no. But you did get arcades you... in like sports centres and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe at the seaside. Yeah, I used to like... play Street Fighter in the local bloody sports centre place. Yeah. It was just brilliant. I love that. UK sports centre, video games. No, no squash, no... <laughs> I mean, no tennis, no football, video games. I was a bit of a dab hand at the old squash, but, um, you know, you like to wind down afterwards by kicking the crap out of someone. (laughs) On a machine. On a machine, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, let's just clarify that. I've never been able to do it in real life. I heard my ass kick. So anyway, there you go. That's my uh, favourite thing about this film, is the 80s. I just love... (laughs) Oh, God. I want it to be analogue again, Sinead. I don't... I think you would like it for a week and then you'd be wanting all your mod cons back. Let's be honest. What would I miss? Did you not like the fact that when he was off trying to find that guy, he couldn't just WhatsApp him, text Mm, him, mm. call him. He couldn't, you know, you had to wait. Someone, the phone was ringing. Are you going to get that? The flashing light of line two Mm. blinking on his desk. Oh my God, amazing. I know, I know. Well, you could go and, you, you know, you could choose to live like that. You could forego how can all you these. In the modern world, well, you just you just forego it all. You just don't use it. I've realised I'm turning this into the most depressing episode <laughs> of this podcast. Well, I mean, ever. I mean, ultimately, this was this was what I found really odd about this film, right? And Go I just on. feel like I need to sort of just cover this with you. So, so I thought, well, this is going to be a kind of a, a, a fun sort of teenage riotous film where it's all going to be quite light-hearted and, yeah. and enjoyable. It really was actually quite dark, quite disturbing, quite worrying. You know, we get to the end when the machine is basically playing war on its own. Whopper. And when the whopper, when the whopper is playing war on its own and th- World War Three is imminent yeah. and Broderick's got to go and find um, Falcon... Professor Falcon to basically put a stop to it all. Yeah. And, I mean, although he comes around in the end, Falcon's not initially interested. Um, And he just says, well, you know, that's just evolution. Yeah. He's obsessed with dinosaurs in a very unhealthy manner. Yeah. And has got a very scary remote control pterodactyl, which I did not appreciate. I think we know how I feel about dinosaurs. I did not enjoy that. Um, And he says, well, don't worry, you know, this is evolution. We'll all be spared the horror of survival. Um, and humanity is planning its own destruction. A phone call can't stop that. And it was like, oh my God, you're right. I feel like that's where we are now. And I feel like, well, who is going to stop it? No one's going to stop it. It's just going to get worse. I honestly felt like I was having a panic attack at the end of this film. Well, I don't see why, because they stopped it. Humanity won through. This... In, in, in In that film, but in reality, in reality, will it, does it? I'm not convinced, Brian. I'm not convinced we'll still be here in two years' time. But this is what I'm talking about. Wow, two. Well, <laughs> short time frame. Wow, but 
we've already had a global pandemic. We've already got other things going on about, which we're not even going to go into because that's just too depressing to talk about. It's positive. Humanity wins through. It always does. The machine can't win. Humanity wins through. Did they go? Well, no, they didn't. Mm. Um, you know, any 80s film you see, I mean, the kid is basically going to go to prison for the rest for of his long life. Time. Is he or is he going to get an internship at the... Okay, he's yeah. going to work at the FBI yeah, for the yeah, rest yeah, of his yeah. life. Yeah. But the fact is, there's no real concern. Mm. The parents aren't even really called. We've called your parents. They're all good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, you know, there's no real concern that he's going to prison. No one went and got Ali Shidi. I think now we are missing that innocence because now it would go all over the internet. They would be dragging her in, first of all. Ali Shidi would have oh, gone yeah. in to get to him. Yeah. The parents would have gone in. They would have been going through everybody's bank accounts, everybody's mm-hmm. details. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wouldn't stand a bloody chance. Mm. And then he'd end up living in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this film's escalating. I know. But no, but this is the point. Like in the eighties, we yeah. had that hope. Like You're right. if something like this happened, yeah, we'd be all right in the mm. end. Mm. And everyone would cheer, and there was that big sort of raucous ending where it almost brings a tear to your eye because you're like, oh yeah, well, humanity is good. Now films are just bleak. Everybody dies. The only thing that's not bleak is Harry Potter. And surprise, surprise, is the biggest phenomenon we've had in film for about two billion years. Mm. Everything else is just bleak, bleak. I feel like you needed this. I feel like I you really, you really this needed this impact. I think you should just spend the rest of the afternoon watching 80s films. I'm going to spend the rest of my life watching you're going to wake up tomorrow on a high. I'm, going to, I'm just, I'm done. I'm, I'm, not <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with life. <laughs> Anything past 92, I'm done. Uh, yeah, 92. Let's stretch it to 92. I don't mind 92. After that, don't remember a lot of it anyway. So no, let's just keep it <laughs> as up to 90. I'm comfortable with that. Okay, we'll just stick to 90. Look, I did enjoy this film. I hope so. I just didn't love this film. Oh. I think if I'd seen it when I was a kid I and I was it. revisiting it, I probably would feel a lot more attached to it. But I just found little bits of it a little bit boring. That's not to say that it wasn't a good film. And that's not to say, look, this bad boy got 93% on Rotten Tomatoes Tomato Meter. Thank People you. People love this film. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm just saying for me... In points, I just got a little bit bored. Fair enough. I don't remember anyone going to a debutante ball. Um, I don't remember anyone falling in love with someone they can't have. I don't remember anyone frying up unripe tomatoes. I just, you know. I mean, vicious. I know, right? That was really nasty. Little Woman. I'm sorry you had to see that Little Women was one film, one film choice, right? Get over it. And Fried Green Tomatoes, you thoroughly enjoyed so let's not even go there. I did. <laughs> Shame. When was that made, Fried Green Tomatoes? Early 90s. 90s. See? Fell within my category. Yeah, probably did, That's actually. That's why. I was going to say, it's probably like 91, 92. Ultimately, it probably. would have ended with joy. Yeah. Doesn't matter how bleak the world gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, it will be okay, and the Americans will resolve it. That's what we need. That's actually a theory we should probably investigate. Yeah. Is it up to 92 and then everything goes peak tongue? If I was at uni now, I would seriously look, and I kind of tried to at the time, but I would seriously look at how the world has become so dystopian that films now reflect that. Because in the 80s, you didn't get that so much. You do. You've got loads of dystopian stuff. Name one. Terminator. That's not dystopian in the end. Oh, you're talking about like the end. Yeah, oh yeah, you had dystopian content, but in the end, everybody always won. I don't feel like that happens anymore. Mm. I, I, I'm worried about you. I feel like we need to take you away. And and (laughs) I'm worried about me too. (laughs) I really want my telly to have a wood effect surround and be really fat backed, not just thin, (laughs) massive thing. The sheer fact that my phone doesn't have a cord on it. Well, listen. Maybe what you need to do is go and check out War Games: The Dead Code which was the 2008 sequel that went direct to DVD. I'm doing it. Maybe that would, like... I'm sure that will kill my love for this well, film. Well, no, but maybe that would give you a little bit more of a, of a kind of a boost. No, let's do it. The, the other thing I thought was quite interesting, the director of this film, John Badham... Yeah. Born in Luton. Bad man. Luton, Luton Airport, mate. Um, he also directed Saturday Night Fever and Short Circuit. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, his sister... Yeah. Scout into Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, my God. These are the sort of facts I live for, Brian. How come, then, if with all these facts you didn't mention the super geek at the Eugene. beginning? Eugene. 
Well, his name wasn't Eugene in this. No, but you're referring to Eddie Deason, a.k.a. Eugene from Greece. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Eddie Izzard for a minute. (laughs) This this is what I mean. This was... I got waylaid, but yes, he was also somebody I was going to comment on. Um, But he played exactly the same character. Yeah. If you've seen Eugene in Greece, you've seen... um, I think his name might be Melvin in this film. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same character. He does that. He does that character well. I'm, yeah. I'm there for that geek. Yeah, yeah, all, all day long. I just think, yeah. And we also have Mr. Strickland. We did. James Stewart Tolkien. Absolutely amazing. That Loved got, it. Got written down. Strickland. This, this is this is what I mean. There was a lot of people in this film. There were because it was a great bloody film. Great frick. And if you think about it, like you can tell a great film because when you look back at it with the benefit of hindsight, ninety mm. percent of what they're talking about. Is happening. It's still relevant. I don't believe for one second anybody fights a war visually anymore. It's all watched on screens. Mm. Everything's drones. That's mm. why innocent people get killed. Yeah, we're going to send it over. Yeah, we've bombed that area. We mm. killed the one target we wanted. Everything's very disposable. Um, computers make all our decisions for us. I thought it was really scary. It's like, well, he's played out these scenarios a million times, so let him make the decision putting a switch rather than a person. It's what we do all the time. Oh, yes. Yeah, this is what he was saying at the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, I did write that down because I found that very disturbing. Yeah, because it was kind of originally put in to replace that human yeah, frailty. Yeah, he, he said the only problem is they're human beings. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, they but will have, have a second thought before flipping the nuclear yeah. switch, whereas, whereas a computer will just go for it. In real life, that's what you need. We need more. We need more we humanity, do. people. Less robots, less machines, more human interaction. Yeah, exactly. Let's not let... Jeff decide everything we see, everything we buy, everything we do. I had to give Jeff more money, potentially more money, to watch this film. I've just realised you're talking about Bezos, aren't you? Of course I am. Right, okay, carry on. I mean, I can't do anything without giving some money to that man. And it's infuriating. Why? Why can't I just live (laughs) off grid forever? You can live off grid. Can I have all of these things on DVD? If anyone has got (laughs) DVDs out there, that you just let us know. I'll collect them all. I will keep them in storage and I will just watch DVDs and go off grid because I would love that. <laughs> I mean, I just you need, need electricity um, to power the DVD. And, well, I, no, yeah. but I can do that off grid with a windmill. You know oh, I, mean? I see. Okay, okay. All right. And I'll have a bloody uh, a Nintendo, the original one, and mm-hmm. I'll just play like Mario and things like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll go further back. Atari ST. <laughs> no, Spectrum, ZX Spectrum. I'll play Dizzy Egg. <laughs> And sensible soccer, and I'll be happy. Well, you were banging on about Paperboy the other day. So. Oh my God, I would love to play Paperboy. You can't get that on PS4 or 5 or 10 or whatever one we're on. I know I sound old, but I don't care, Sinead. I, I, I feel like this good. film has really. You, you, I think you've boosted this film up on my score. Well, I think your enthusiasm has. has has given this film a li- given my my VHS score a little boost. It's a beautiful thing. It, you know the things I you have to talk about is the innocence of the age, the fact that life is a game in that era. Like it's quite apt that this is a game. On the the whole film's about a game because like life is a game in this era. Life is like no matter how bad it gets, it's going to be okay. Everybody was optimistic. Everybody, or at least Western people. I mean, I can only vouch for. You know the Americans, yeah. No, but like you know, it was coming out of all the seventies and all that crap, and it was becoming optimistic. And I don't know. I just remember it as always being summer and optimism. Well, that's because you were a child. Yeah. I mean, I, one doesn't wish to burst that bubble, but no. But Matthew Broderick is the symbol of that. He is your symbol. He of that. is the symbol of that. The man should get an honorary Oscar for being the symbol for all of us. Of the 80s. For all our childhoods. And if he wants to share it with Michael J. Fox, that's fine. But, you know, it's just, that's what it is. He was wearing corduroy trousers. The boy was sat on his bed mm. without a top on. Correct. With loads of magazines around. I know. And a girl Do- walks yeah, dodgy. in and goes, what are you doing? And he doesn't even bat an eyelid. Oh, I'm just researching some stuff. Mm. Well, Most it, teenage boys would have been screaming, get out, get he out. Did, he did do a little bit of a double take. She kind of just breezed oh, in when I'm going to get some water. And then he did a double take and kind of scrabbled for his top. Yeah, I know, I know. But I thought, she's seen it all now, Matthew. She's seen it. She knows she wants it. And I did love... She'll be locking lips later. God bless the 80s. The world is going to end. The world is going to end. I've got to get across to this island. Mm -hmm. Let's have a snog. They did have a little snog, didn't they? Then when they got to the island, I can't swim. All right, Mm -hmm. she was well up for it. 
he would have got lost his virginity. And then the <laughs> she idiot, was well up for it. Yeah, she was like, oh, no, no. She grabbed his face. They started to kiss. And he's thinking, I'm not going to die a virgin. And the, the silly old man in a helicopter arrives and starts shining a light on it. Bugger off. <laughs> God, it'll only be 10 minutes. Give me a chance. Oh, they're going to do it twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the cigarette in the middle. <laughs> Maybe a shower. But no, like, it's like, come on, man, what are you doing to me? He could have just landed further away or walked over to him. How far could they have gone? Oh, Why pervert. Did he if he would have just crept up on them and they were at it. No, you could have stood back and let him. Oh, and just watched up. until they'd finished. I didn't you want don't to have interrupt. To watch. <laughs> it's not. You don't have to watch. You can turn your back. I think that uh, this must have been a PG. I think that would have bumped oh. uh, bumped the rating up a little bit too high. I just, you know, come on, man. Let's all go back. Well, none of us want to live like this. Let's all go back. Let's do it. This film is our way back. Is it okay? Um, I mean, I'll happily go and live with Matthew Broderick's parents in this film. I found them delightful. Or Michael Madsen. From this <laughs> or, listen, if Michael wants to pop by for a coffee, it's absolutely fine. Not now. Circa 1983, Michael Madsen. Thank you. I'm not sure he'd want to meet the four-year-old you. Uh, that's creepy. That could be weird, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. So there you go. Life is a game. We can't trust computers. Yeah. Um, we've learned that the 80s is the best era of all time and anyone who suggests any other era, including the 60s, is a horse's ass. We've also learned that um, it is important to have complex passwords for your security. Yes, the word pencil, written in pencil. Not the best. On a list of all your old passwords. Not the, but then, or, or your child's name. Again, not a good choice. But then... And just the first name as well, mm. with nothing else. No, in it. no numbers, no capitalization. Even I don't think. Not even a password. You need login, Joshua. Yeah, yeah, not good. And I did like the fact it was Joshua. I know. You Do you mean Josh? Of no, friends, Joshua. Yeah. No, but um, and you're straight in. But now they say, don't they, that it's safer to write your password down Do they? somewhere. Yeah. I, I I don't think that we should give that out as advice. Who said a uh, Barclays legal eagles aren't aren't uh no what they called. Barclays do digital go, team. Do they want to go toe-to-toe with our aggressive <laughs> legal team? I don't think they do. Well, I don't th- all I'm saying is I don't think they're advising you should write the passwords down. Do they not remember the case of Franklin versus Barclays, 1994? <laughs> I think they all do. I think they'd be a much bigger concern now if it wasn't for that. No, but my point is they say that basically because everything now, everyone uses the same passwords, it's technically less likely that you would lose your password or someone would see it if it was on a piece of paper in a drawer at home mm, true. than if you have it in your phone or whatever. Mm. Well, it's all saved now, isn't it? It's all sort of saved, yeah. in, saved in the cloud. I mean, they seem totally pointless. There's some thing, there's some guy who rants on about how passwords were outdated 30 years ago and we shouldn't be using them anymore because they're the one full fault. Sort of in this. failure in the whole thing. Do you think it would be easier or harder for for uh, Matthew Broderick's character to hack in using his thumbprint to this sort of system now? Do you think it was easier in in the early eighties? No, because I don't think you could. I don't think they. Communi- well, I mean, you, he did, Brian. So you clearly could. I don't think they communicate like that. I don't think ah. they went. <laughs> Even though we all tried it with our little specky forty eight k, I'm just going to try and dial a number. You know, it never went like that. And even if it did, I don't think it's just said, eh, welcome. Mm. Oh, you're through to that. I love the fact it announced itself as United Arab Emirates Bank or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll keep that one for later yeah, instead. I, I mean, I tea leaf. Early door criminal. He should go to jail. Well, we don't know that he didn't at the end of this That's film because we didn't, it ended before we saw the repercussions yeah. really of his behaviour. I wonder if Ali ever got that part in that film. Yeah, what was that? She said something about, um, oh, I was going to be on television Yeah, I'm going to be on week. television. It's some aerobics yeah. show. That almost seemed like, on the edit, they watched it, and the pickup, someone went, it doesn't make any sense why she's always working out whenever we see her. Why, why is she doing the splits when she asks that call? Yeah, I know. Because that's what, that's what girls in the 80s did. It was the time of fame. Every, oh, everybody wanted to do the splits. And look at it's it. It's still on my bucket because list. Because it was the 80s, even though everything was high fat, high sugar, Yeah. because people moved, the children were still spelt. thin, and they ran upstairs. <laughs> yeah, I know. ran. Ran, the, the energy, house. the energy I levels. I know. Now, they just go, <laughs> order an Uber... And that would take them upstairs. That's after they've had their delivery. Obviously, yeah, while they wait. <laughs> Biked over. Take. No, but honestly, we don't. Move, 
We don't do anything. I realise how old I'm sounding now, but I've hit that age. When I was a kid, I used to always moan that people would go, you know, oh, in the 40s, you could leave your door open or in the 50s or whatever, and everybody was lovely to each other. I've hit that age. Oh, no. In the 80s... Well, you know that's crap, though. Oh, it's total crap. But in the 80s, oh, life was good. I'm going to go make you listen to uh, Everybody Wears Sunscreen. I feel like you need a hit of that song. I do. Mm. Because it... Make you realise what life's all about. Life is. Well, do you know what? I enjoyed this. I didn't enjoy it as much as you. Was there any truth in my story that I read that Falcon was originally due to be played by John Lennon? Well, there does appear to be some truth in that. Um, John Lennon. I could see him doing it because war is futile. Yeah. There is no winner. So numerous... um, Numerous internet sources, none of them particularly reliable, but um, yeah, I know yeah have confirmed that um, they were they were hoping that John Lennon would play the Falcon character. Who was based on Stephen Hawking, right? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah the professor that was kind of behind all the tech. Um, unfortunately, John Lennon had, had been killed by the by 83, I think. When did John Lennon pass away? I don't know, to be honest. Oh, it was early 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, but I don't. Um, but apparently, I mean, one um, article I read said that David Geffen had approached Lennon's agents and he had shown an interest. Cool. So maybe somebody else can can spend countless hours doing a bit more research on that rather than the uh, three and a half minutes you gave me to uh, research this film. Yeah, but it's fine, I'm Your sure. Your enthusiasm and excitement overtook. It, we had to talk about it. It's really important, this film. It's, it's really important. It's really culturally important. important. It is. It tells you about life. It tells you about the state of the world. It tells you about how trusting computers is not the way to go. It tells you about visually seeing things rather than just trusting what's on a screen. It talks about not giving too much power to one person. So much it reflects depth. everything we have in the current world, but it does it in a way that is entertaining and fun and where you get to see people drive around in golf buggies like it's an evil lair on gold member. <laughs> I, 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 I did keep expecting one to do a three-point turn in the time. <laughs> it's I, just I honestly, you really, you really are making me wonder if I need to boost my score up by half a point. At least, because I can imagine it's quite low knowing you, given the fact you were watching people tipping things and... I was livid. I was livid with you. I'm still carrying some of that uh-huh. rage now. Come on then. Let's hear it. What yes. have you got? Let's go for the VHS tapes. Okay. I think you need to go first. Okay. I think it's important you go first because I've been really playing my cards close to my chest <laughs> and I don't think anyone is, could even guess at the type of score I'm going to give. Well, look, I enjoyed it. Good. It was a nostalgic fest. I do think that the points it was making, I do think that the premise of the film was incredibly interesting. Good. Um, very, very timely, very modern in a lot of ways. I'm building up here to a slightly lower score than I know you're going to be happy with. And this is purely just based on... I sniffed them right in the middle of you talking just to make a point. Sorry. I am going to go, do I give it an extra 0.5 based on your enthusiasm? You do what you feel. What is your stomach, what is your heart? 2.5 VHS tapes. You are fucking kidding me. I just found bits of it a little bit boring. You are fucking (laughs) kidding me. I don't care if this gets us kicked off of Apple Podcasts this episode. You are joking no, and I realise I'm against the uh, the majority here. I, yeah, you are. Yeah, I know, I can see that. I feel like if I'd seen this film 30 years ago, it, it, yeah, I might have absolutely loved it. And you might be a happier person now. <laughs> Listen. I'm really disappointed, Sinead, really disappointed. I know. You keep doing this to me. What? It's like you can't bear the thought I've introduced you to something brilliant, so you give your really low score to try and counteract my oh, score. Oh, no, no, no. Don't make out it's a tactical thing. No, I'm just trying to be fair, and I was thinking about some of the scores I gave other films. You're I supposed th- to rate each film individually, not just try and work out, oh, compared to that film, what did you rate it as at the time? Do you know what? Keep your 2.5, because right now, that is the first reason to dump you. I'm see, I was going to go for a three, just purely based on your passionate... Well, don't. Don't, no. now. Don't. 
Okay. You've made your choice. I've, I've done it now, yeah. You can see the disappointment in my eyes. I can, I I feel me. bad already. Good, you should. I feel like I've undersold it. Today's ruined. There's nothing left of the day. I'm already <laughs> four o'clock and I'm just going to finish this and go straight to bed. Alone. What's so, your score? For my score, it's brilliant. It's a romp. <laughs> it's a brilliant film. It's great acting. It's got Matthew Broderick in it. It's a thriller, it's a coming-of-age story, it's a view into the world, it's bleak, it's sci-fi, it's got everything and anything in it. And for that reason, and that reason alone, and the only reason it gets this score is because a film can't be perfect. Oh my God. Four and a half You're having VHS a laugh. Tapes. And it was always going to be four and a half VHS tapes because it's bloody brilliant. It got nominated for three Oscars. I know. Sinead. I know. I the know. sound on it was phenomenal. The cinematography was great. The script was tight. Everything about it says brilliant. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm, weighed in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know. And give it two and a half. And let's get on to the reasons to dump you. <laughs> Reason one. Oh you gave my film two and a half. <laughs> I'm livid. I can see that. I'm livid with you. Like, this is a proper reason. This is not the normal reasons. Reason two. Yes. This one got wrote down during the film. Oh, what? Well, that's unfair. Here it comes. I want a right to reply. You have no right to reply. That's not how it works. It's not worked any other week like that. Sinead's a punk. <laughs> She's a 90s punk. Beg your pardon. You're a 90s punk. I thought about it. I thought, why is she being so glib? Why is she being dismissive? Why isn't she watching it? Why doesn't she show any enthusiasm for this film? And then I worked it out. You were only 11 when the 80s ended. You don't know anything about the 80s. You want it to be in the 90s. You want all that bleakness. You want an Oasis soundtrack. You want to watch a lot of poor northern people walking around <laughs> going, hey, oh, no, one beat, do beat. No. This is what it was about. This was the era of optimism. This is where I belong. You don't belong there, Missy. <laughs> so you're a punk. And then the final reason that I wrote down afterwards when you said, I found it a bit boring, was I just simply don't like Sinead. <laughs> <laughs> don't. I mean, I mean, that's not exactly a very um, detailed reason, is it? Nope. <laughs> Neither were your reasons, were they? Two and a half. Two and a half. I just got a bit bored. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Fine. I'm livid. Fine. I was feeling bad that I hadn't given it three, but that your reasons are absolute tripe, so... Oh, well, they are, aren't they? How dare you? How dare you? You did not have anywhere near enough enthusiasm for that film. You, you just didn't. Were you watching me or were you watching the film? I was trying to watch the film, but your neck was cranked I glanced out the, the window. window once. No, you didn't. And then you went, i got to go for a toilet. Stopped it. Well, if I, go for, if I need the bathroom, I need the bathroom. You should have waited. It was too exciting. I'm livid. That's it. That's the end of it. Okay. I'm just livid. Well, that's fine. What's that? Three reasons to dump me. <laughs> just the three. Yeah, but they kind of all revolve around the same theme. Would you hate me? <laughs> I just don't like you at the moment. I think if we spend the rest of the day apart, maybe we can piece this back together in some way. Mm, rest of the month. <laughs> yeah, no, let's look. It doesn't matter. It's not that important. It's just a film. And it, overall, it's got... Seven. Seven. Seven VHS tapes. That's yeah. a high score. No. No. Not high enough. It should have had nine. Okay. Or nine and a half. I... I I find the scoring incredibly stressful, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> do you? Yeah, I do. I really do. Um, I find it really quite quite stressful. And I do feel like it's been all over the place and I've probably undermarked things. Well, don't, so no, I do no, apologise. No, 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 no. I don't want but you to apologise. the rest of your claptrap goes I don't want you to apologise. I want you to own it. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. That's fine. That's the world. I'm just telling you that you're in a very small minority. I liked it. I didn't love it. And I don't like you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, well, that's a perfect way to end the podcast. Mm. Um, tune in next time to see if we're still together. Which we probably won't be. Well, if not, we'll, you know, we'll blag something. Maybe Sinead and Michael Madsen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Join me next week with Michael Madsen. On Reasons I Dumped Him. <laughs>
<laughs> thank you for listening if you've enjoyed please rate us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can follow us on instagram at reasons underscore pod and if you're like me an 80s kid um please feel free to actually walk up and verbally communicate with someone that this <laughs> podcast exists that, but then i'm kind of contradicting myself because please go up and verbally communicate that they have to get their smartphone out yeah. and listen to our podcast which wouldn't have been possible in the 80s mm-hmm. on one of the many streaming platforms mm. and now you've got a headache yeah. Can't untangle this world, can no. you? No. Oh dear. I'm out of my time, aren't mm-hmm. I? Mm-hmm. Bit like Michael J. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just go watch some family ties. Cool. All right, everyone. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.